0: And remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Well, hello there, Permission Nation. It is great to be with you. My name is Charles Specht. I'm the host of the podcast, Millionaire Insurance Producer, and I'm glad you are with us today. I'm excited about today's uh, podcast episode because I'm doing an interview with somebody that I have known for the last year or two. And have worked with have coached and consulted and he's doing some great and amazing things in the insurance business having a lot of success and so i'm really hoping that you uh, loyal listeners out there in permission nation are going to get some great topics but before i dive into my conversation with Manfung i want to just remind you as even as we start getting into some of these topics i want to remind each of you who are listening that there are certain things that you can do to be very successful when it comes to selling insurance. And there's also a lot of things that you might be doing right now that are hindering you in your success. And so before you even begin like listening into what we're going to talk about today, I want you to make a decision in your own mind to just pause for a moment. Pause for a moment and begin looking at different aspects of your entire prospecting approach, your sales approach from A to Z on what is not working right now. Rather than focusing on the things that are working, I want you to pause and look at some of the things that are not working right now. And I want you then to ask yourself, you know, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to change or tweak? Or Maybe there's something that I can outsource, whatever it is. And let me give you an example of it, even before we dive in. It's the whole idea of being a salesperson is that you need to be a professional at persuasion. You might refer to yourself as a producer. Maybe you, when you're client-facing, you're speaking to your client, you're referring to yourself as an advisor. Well, that's fine. I don't care exactly what you want to call yourself. But at the end of the day, what you really have to become an expert at is persuasion. We need to persuade many people from the entire sales process from A to Z in order to be successful. In other words, we have to persuade the receptionist to actually pass us through. We have to persuade the re, the gatekeeper to, to allow us to go to the next step. We have to persuade the gatekeeper to give us information. We're speaking to the business owner. We have to persuade the business owner to meet with us. We have to persuade underwriters to give us the things that we want. We have to renegotiate and persuade underwriters to alter their quotes, to revise their quotes, whatever it is. We have to persuade the business owner to give us the markets we want or the broker of record letter all these different things we are constantly persuading but I want you just to ask yourself is there one piece in the entire sales process where you're struggling that one place in your sales process that you're struggling I want you to pause and ask yourself what can I do better to get uh, what can I change to get better in this one area as an example Maybe you're having a difficult time right now getting past the gatekeeper and or receptionist. Maybe you're struggling on really getting that person to pass you through. Then what I would tell you to do for all intents and purposes is drop everything else that you're doing right now and figure out ways in which to get much better at persuading the gatekeeper to give you what you want. Because not being able to persuade the receptionist, the gatekeeper, to give you what you want is hindering you from building your million-dollar or more book of business. It is taking money out of your pocket, that one single area. If you can if you can get better at that one area, two times better, three times better, how much more business could you write? How many more appointments could you set? How many more broker record letters could you win? How much more business will you write over the course of your career if you can get two times, three times better? at persuading the gatekeeper to give you what you want just that one area in your entire sales process could be the difference between just you know paying your bills month to month to being able to afford almost any sports car you want later in life these little changes really end up being very big in the end so that's my little my little tidbit as i start to talk about some of the sales process because I want you to hear it from the man himself, Man Fung. This, uh, this man, I've been uh, working with him for the last couple of years, and um, he is one of those people. I'm going to have him introduce himself here in just a minute, kind of tell you some stories, and, and he's going to tell you about what he's been doing to implement success, um, even like a recent broker record letter he's gotten, different things like that. But he's one of the rare people out there who hires me for sales training and then actually implements it. I would just tell you, it's fairly, fairly rare um, where people are actually implementing the things that they learn. doesn't mean that there's not a people that, that don't. I'm just telling you that Man has and he's getting tremendous results by really just following the process and really being uh, just just not taking no for an answer, being consistent in his prospecting and asking for the things that he wants. So, Mon Fung, I appreciate you being here on the uh, podcast, Millionaire Insurance Producer. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your agency, what you're doing, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Charles. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Mon Fung. I'm actually the agency principal for Brightway Insurance. Um, we started this agency um, a little bit over five years ago, um, you know, as a franchise. Um, some call it aggregator, whatever you want at the end of the day, it's we're we're independent. Um and, and we started from the personal line. Uh we grew started everything from scratch, uh then had just two of us in the in the agency with two desks looking at each other day one, uh, when we first opened and you know, now how do we get in business, right? Um and Fast forward in five years, uh, we, you know, we have a solid team that runs nothing but personal lines on one side of the, the table, uh, the office. And then now, you know, three, three years prior to today, we start uh, playing in the commercial world and, uh, never look back. Um, but prior to me having an insurance agency, I, I came from a car business. Uh, I ran a, a dealership. I was a sales manager. I was a used car manager, was a finance director, sold cars. So, sales has always been my background for uh 15 years now so not new to the uh, sales but only you know in, in the insurance you know for a little bit over five years of experience
0: yeah that's great i'm trying to remember was it did you reach out to me when you first started trying to get into commercial is that why you reached out to me initially i can't remember
1: or, yeah i reached it out i reached out to you because i kept seeing a lot of your uh, linkedin posts from from my uh my you know counterpart i kept liking your posts and here you're you're talking you know uh, on on your blogs and, and 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 teaching and um at that moment I, I didn't know how to prospect commercial and how to you know get in, get into the commercial world um, I knew there was money and, and and a lot of premium just didn't know where to start because it's not like your home auto umbrella it's a you know it's not that vanilla it's just there's thousand classes that that I needed to to learn so hmm. that's what led me to reach out to you a few years ago.
0: Right, so you got into the insurance business about five years ago. Just started with Brightway, kind of opened up your own shop, and decided you wanted to get into commercial insurance about three years ago. Right? Yes. Okay. So you know, feel free to share only what you want to share. If you don't like want to share, totally okay. But can you tell me a little bit about like how many commercial accounts you have, or like how big your agency is, or anything like that?
1: Sure. Um, I would probably say we have a little bit over uh closer to 100 commercial accounts of uh anywhere from a small you know your your mom your 500 premium bot, uh to your commercial with over six digits uh in, in premium right high, uh, and i'm talking about high high six digit um just all walk of shape and and we're you know i, I don't want to get ahead of myself but some of those old that we re- we written we're trying to get rid of it because it's taking away too much of our time mm-hmm. but yeah about i would say about 100 commercial clients um, give or take between both of our uh, agency here in Indi- Indiana and Texas.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I know you've had a little bit of recent success um, and some 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 successes. So, like, like, what type of accounts have you been writing recently in commercial?
1: Well, our you know our our where we're at, uh, we we try to hone in on on the micro niches that you you, you teach us. Uh, but we we're we're going to get to that here shortly. But the industry that we're after is the construction and the manufacturing. Um, but the recent, you know, we've we've written probably maybe six, six or eight construction accounts in the last twelve months. But the recent one, we our biggest success was um, a fire suppression contractor uh, that you know we work over six to eight months.
0: Got it. And I'm trying to remember that was a pretty decent sized account, right? I mean, it wasn't like a small little bop.
1: No, it 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 was one of the the biggest account that we've written, and uh, yeah, it was substantial account for for That's that big, man
0: good for you good for you all right so um we talked about micro niches Our, you know fire suppression and so forth you just mentioned that but are there certain things that you and or your agency is really kind of focusing on right now
1: um manufacturing the food and beverage um you know i have my producer uh, i'm training him to go after that um but yeah you know durable and or you know what you eat and and, and stuff that you can't eat uh and then obviously the you know here in the midwest there's construction everywhere so we want to really focus on the construction uh, and po- possibly really go after you know uh, nothing but fire suppression. Uh, we, you know, I think really we're going to focus out our next six months just going nothing but fire suppression since you know we we figure a way to 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 win it.
0: Awesome, good for you, man. I'm excited again. It's it's great to hear where somebody like you know, starts doing a little bit of the work, goes after it, um, and is getting some success. So it's great. I think that you know as you continue to hone in on that micro niche I mean you can just flat out frankly flat out dominate you know that entire space in your state and then it even gives you a chance to you know broaden um, your geographic territory by even taking a look at it in other states if indeed that's where you want to go so good job man so tell me about like some of the ways in which you prospect how do you prospect right now
1: um, I, I, started from cold calling. Um, you know, and I, I'm the agency per agency principal. I, I, do manage a team, but I also produce. So kind of like, you know, juggling, trying to do everything as a business owner. You're doing everything. Um, but we've gotten to where I don't have to worry about the personal line sites. So I don't do much cold calling anymore. Um, mainly I'm, I'm doing a lot of social selling, content selling on LinkedIn a lot of networking events and just introducing myself to a lot of my peers and and their sense of influence and and so a lot of referrals um warm referrals which you know is 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 the gravy in in our business but it takes a lot of um trust to get that referral so mm-hmm. i would probably say it's just as good as cold calling because it takes a lot of time and a lot of art of selling like you said earlier in Uh, or persuading like Mm -hmm. you said in earlier in the podcast
0: yeah okay are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients look no further than nationwide brokerage solutions with over 200 carriers their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. So I know that, you know, you and I, we did one on one coaching for a while. I'm working with one of your team members right now. Um, You're also in the mastermind and so forth. So when you look back, you know, when you were like trying to figure out how to do commercial um, and we started talking about a lot of different things, what are, what are some of the things that, you know, really struck you that have helped you become successful up to this point? What, What did you learn?
1: Well, a few things. Uh, number one is obviously the size of the accounts. How much money, how much revenue do I want to generate? It, you know, to for my agency, um, it's first and foremost. I have to determine that, and to determine that, I obviously need to know what class of business I want to go after. Or you know, if you're starting, you figure out the industry, and then as you get really good, then you kind of hone that into the micro niche, right? So if you're starting some something you know, new like me three years ago, start high and then honing in. Um, so figuring out the revenue, and then figuring out what markets you have. Top, you know, I, I remember you telling me call all the underwriters, and I sure enough, I did that whole week, and I called everybody, and I my under, my underwriter was not really a good sales people. Hopefully, he's not he she's not watching here, but I just mm-hmm. beat him up like tell me what, some of the stuff that you guys have a huge hit rate in this size of premium, and one of them a week later couldn't even give me an answer. So. Um, mm-hmm. I just kept going back and back and understanding, reading the the, the sweet spot, and and talking to the underwriter for weeks, uh, and and figuring out okay, if I send you this, 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 you know, really just role playing with her, how does your system, you know, figuring that out, and then understanding, all right, this carrier is good here, B is good here, but not good with A. A is good here, but B is you know not good in B. So I have side by side. And I don't need to have five, eight carriers. Um, you know, that was my, also a little concern when I first started. I need to have everybody because I wanted mm-hmm. to write everybody in the construction. But a lot of time, not, you don't need that. You know, you, the toughest one, you may not can't handle that yet. So figure out two, you only really need two carriers. In my humble opinion, honestly, 98% of my business with the accounts I write goes to that same carrier because I know that if I submit that, that carrier, most likely I'm going to place with that carrier and that carrier. If she, he, she's listening to now, she knows she gets all my business because it's a clean submission exactly, you know, which mm-hmm. what you, you, you teach us. But mm-hmm. lastly, um, not only a clean submission and gathering all that information, but the timeline of service. I can tell you that is such a huge uh, selling point because I go in and I said, you know, in my in my fact finding the first 60 minutes getting to know my client and not even and I tell him I'm not here to sell you. I need to know if you're getting these service ABCDE in this field. And if you're not getting in these and any of these are interesting, interested or you're interested in. You know, then let's continue to talk on, on, on what this next step looks like. Let's review your policy. But that timeline of services has to be, has to design for their industry. You know, you can't really offer a restaurant timeline of service to a construction company that to them that just like doesn't make any sense or, or tech to construction or construction to tech. It's just totally different, right? One may have a, cyber exposure, majority of them, and it's not a work comp because they're just a you know clerical work comp code. So it's irrelevant. So you have to find two to three actual service that is totally relevant to their industry.
0: Yeah. How long did it take you to put together the timeline of services?
1: Honestly, always um, of
0: documents that's always kind of like being edited, but when do you feel like you got your first, how long did it take you to get your real first document?
1: Um, if, if you ask... Um, Probably when I first met my first account because um, okay. I never had one and I sat there when I'm meeting. I'm like, all right, I went and did my study and then <laughs> I created one. I mean, no joke. The night before, I'm putting everything together. All right, there's this is what I'm going to talk about. And sure enough, we went in there and I left on the bottom just like you did. Hey, the four things I can always add it in. Do you want this, this, this? We can add. Okay, do business here. Then we take it to the next step. Right. yeah so you know i'm 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 the guy in terms of winging it in terms of adding more stuff as I feel that what I'm hearing on the other side of the table mm-hmm. what they need rather than being extremely scripted only on that you know timeline of service
0: yeah and I would tell you like I, I it's kind of music to my ears even as you say that because You know, I think the timeline of services is probably one of the the most powerful, most underutilized document out there. It's a tool in the sales process. And a lot of agents will say, yes, I want to do that. What should be on it? And I, I have an answer, but at the same time, it's like, what do you feel needs to be on it right now? Right? Put something together right? Because we can always add to it. We're always going to be editing. We're going to take away some things. We're going to add it. Um, If we switch the micro niche, we're going to switch that. If we're going after a different account in the same micro niche, something else might be more important to them. If they have like, for example, maybe a debit X mod, they're much more interested in work comp claims management services. So we're going to edit it as we're going through it. Um, But it's also like one of those things where I feel that most agents just do a terrible job at they never really like follow through on it, and it's to their own detriment. They lose business because there's no expertise there. I would be interested to, and I don't know if you, again you know the answer to this, but how many different additions to the timeline of services have you done? Like how many times have you edited it?
1: Oh, every every account. <laughs> yeah, every account I go in, and I, and you put the date. You know, what you said is, you know, uh, the, the commitment if you, you know, if the account renews five one, you know, on five eight five fifteen after you renew, I'm gonna do this on five fifteen. Right? Uh, one of the account uh, in this year that we uh, you know we we had to do a submission because we couldn't do a broker record, we just didn't have that carrier. Um the is one of the carrier that you, you, you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we say, look on this date, I need to, I need to have this information. And I shot an email week before and sure enough on that date we met. So specifically I was going by the timeline on this date, I'm going to do this, this date. And we were, we were held accountable and, you know, our insurer like, okay, you actually follow through. And then we met exactly, you know, 10 days before in our timeline service, 10 days before the renew to go over, you know, proposal and, and close it. Exactly what we, we say we were going to do and, and that insurance and yep, you know you, you follow through with everything you said on it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome and that's powerful stuff. Uh, I love that. Um, it's amazing what happens when you keep your word, right It's amazing what happens when you say you're going to do something and then you actually do it. Um, you know, people do business with those they know like and trust, and there is no greater way to establish trust with a prospect then through the timeline of services and just following through on the things that you say you're going to do. I mean, it's one of the most powerful things you can do, along with also just incorporating expertise into the timeline of services, right? Things you do, uh, maybe testimonials, you know, um, an industry-specific type of service. It it really is probably the most powerful thing. For those of you who are listening, if you haven't done a timeline of services yet, I mean, you need to just, like, get with the program, stop what you're doing, get it done, um, it's going to help you. If you're not doing it, you are losing a lot of business that's out there. So I really encourage you to, to do that. Another thing recently that you just said, Man, I really wanted to kind of highlight on, because I also think this is huge, it's key, and you've been making some big changes in it recently, and it's been helping you like get bigger accounts. So out of curiosity, I want to talk about the size of the account that you mentioned, right? kind of figuring out the size of the account. When you first were going after commercial accounts, what was the size of account that you wanted to write and where are you at now in regards to the size?
1: I was just writing everything, everything I can. Um, you know, coffee shop, restaurant, you know, your, uh, your mercantile risk, um, basically the BOP, right? And then somebody want, you know, uh, make fun of, uh, make fun of another agent. Like, what is it? If it's not BOP, I'm not, you know, I'm not writing it or something, you know, if it ain't BOP, it's not going to happen. And then I start getting in, um, you know, Two, three, four, five thousand dollar premium. So 15, 20%, you know, for commission, depending on which, which market, that's, you know, five, 800 bucks. That's nothing. Um, especially if you're writing a hundred, you know, you can only write so many accounts. No matter how good you are, you can only write so much accounts. So I, I uh, and and I fumble into a, a big account at that time, which was uh, a, an apartment with fifty thousand dollars premium. And at that moment, I didn't know how to how to do it. And it was a package and aluminum wiring, and everybody was scared. And um, you know they were with the the big box carrier. And I talked to my underwriter, and you know how how do you write this? And she's you know she walked me through it. And she said, oh, we'll take aluminum wiring as long as it's up to code. Fast forward, it was a $50,000 premium. It was the first biggest account in, in, in my agency. When I first got my commission check and I looked at them, I'm like, well, that was easy. Hmm. It's basically, it was just basically 30 policies in one. So my my, my thought process changed to t- today is going after, it's the same amount of work, it's the same people I'm talking to, just like you said, you know, the business, they're people, they're making decision just from, a, from an entity point of view. Um, the size of account in terms of, of revenue, it has to be at least twenty grand premium for me, uh, or twenty grand uh, revenue, uh, or a hundred grand premium minimum. Uh, now the small stuff is going to come to us. I'm not, you know, the referral. I'll, I'll write those, but I tell people who I'm calling has to meet these criteria: the total people, you know, how many people in the company, the payroll, depending what class it is. You have to go after that because when that timeline of service, you're going to have to be able to deliver what you're what you say you would. So in return, I need to be able to have that revenue to offer you my service. Yeah. Love it, man.
0: Um, It is probably, you know, just talked about the timeline of services on something to implement, you know, with your prospects. But that decision that an agent makes in their own mind to start going after something that is bigger and clearly define what that number is. That by itself, if agents never did anything else but did that one thing, they could be so much more successful and make more money. But it's probably one of the more difficult things that I ever see insurance agents struggle with is increasing the size of the account they go after because... That That small account, or whatever it was that they're used to, that's what they are used to, and going outside of that makes most insurance agents very nervous. It's just it's different. Um, their agency's not used to it. They think to themselves, "Why would somebody that big want to do business with me?" But, like you said, in which I like I preach this all the time, it's that the underwriters are writing the same stuff. There's no difference in regards to the size of the account, except it's just a little bit more revenue and a few more vehicles. Other than that, there's really no major difference in being able to write that account or not write that account. Where really the struggle is, is it's in our own head. It's in our own head.
1: Exactly, we we are our worst enemy. We hold ourselves back and it's true. Uh, And I used to think the same way, like I couldn't do it because I'm playing against the the biggest broker of the world and and even one of the the company you came from and I would compete with a few of them. And now I'd say, you know, I'm not scared of them. Mm -hmm. We got the same, we're writing the same paper, even the same carrier. You want to do business with me, or you want to do business with the with, with the other guy? That's yeah. what it's what it's going to come down to. I
0: love it. You know, you are I think a, a really good example of what can happen when one agent just starts leveling up, right? You know, you're fairly new to the insurance business. You know, you're only five years into this thing now. Um, and you did personalize for the first couple of years, then you're like, "Ah, I'm going to give this commercial stuff a try. And now you're competing against the larger alphabet houses that are out there, and you're being successful. Why? Because you know what you need to do in order to compete. You know the things that you have to do that are going to put you on the next level. You realize what you need to show to the prospect in order for them to see you as somebody who's worthwhile and can be trusted. Um, You know which carriers you're going to do business with. You know which micro niche you're going after, what to focus on, and what to stay away from. So it's it's becoming like just part of following the process, step by step by step by step. When you do it, things begin to work out. They work out really well, and you're writing bigger accounts. You know you're re- actually writing like significantly bigger accounts than what you were even a year or two ago. And I can only see that you're going to continue that success, if not even increasing it. Like I, you know, maybe another year or two from now, you might just say. You know what? Now we're only focusing on stuff that's 50 grand and above, right? I mean, why, why not? There's nothing stopping you. Yep. I mean, it, I'm not just throwing out numbers. I'm literally saying you might be able to do that if you continue down this process. So that is great, man. Um, you know, I talk about broker record letters a lot. You probably mm-hmm. know that, right? I talk about broker record letters a lot. Um, I love the BOR system. I think that it works really well. It doesn't always work. Cause sometimes like even you mentioned earlier, sometimes you don't have the carrier, but, I love a good broker of record letter story. Do you have maybe a story to share with us about a new account you were able to win by a broker of record letter or anything like that?
1: I do. Um it's actually by mistake. Um I I was introduced to this, this insured, uh had a side business. He was in uh in the um uh CBD oil distribution, so he started up, we wrote that, it was just a small account, um, you know, two thousand dollar revenue. And about six months later, um, I didn't realize he was a CFO of a of a, a bigger, much bigger medical company. Um, I don't know anything about medical, but I know where the risk was is the fact that it was more professional and all that. So that the, he had a you know property was just a small, but everything was on a professional uh, and 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 cyber for for that matter. And funny, all the carries that he has, I have, um, but. I was I didn't know how to quote, I didn't know how to write this, it's probably about two years ago. And he came to me and he basically, look, we got to renew about a month from now, we're not happy with our incumbent of 10 years, they're up in a different state, we're down here, the guy's just sloppy, right, he's just basically, can you help? And when I looked at him, I said, yeah, um, your renews up in about a month, I don't need to quote you, just let me just have you sign this letter, and I'll take all the policies, and I'll just start servicing. And that account ended up being around $20,000 revenue. Um, just to a broker record, um, but before I got into that uh, sign up broker record letter, because it was an ENS, ENS market, I had to go get ENS license. So it's another hurdle that I had to do. So I spent two weeks studying, go get a license because the, <laughs> it was a non admitted, and I had over promise and I over deliver and I kept it, mm-hmm. uh, and and to make it matter even more but worse is once I moved that account over. Um, I didn't like the term that was sitting uh, with the, the incumbent carrier. I moved it to another carrier, but I wasn't quoting. Uh, you know, I I was in control of the account, and when I moved to the other carrier, it was actually ten grand more in premium. And I told my insured at that moment that you know you're getting much better sub limits, same limit, but you, your your internal limits are broader. And so he took my advice, and he's still in my uh, uh, still our clients today. And did not have to quote, not a single one of them, broke a record every single one of them. because And it was four carriers and I just happened to have four of those carriers.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. And here's, the, here's like a, a takeaway from that is that you could have just gone in there and said, OK, great, you're with this carrier, but I think there's some other carriers out here. And I'm going to go ahead and quote you with these other carriers and we're going to see what we can come up with. I mean, that's prob- what you could have done. And frankly, I think that's what most agents out there do. In, in an instant like that, whether they're being referred in or they even get a chance to offer a quote to a prospect. right? It's like they're looking at what they've got and they say, okay, well, there's other carriers out here. I might be able to get some quotes, but you, you did in essence, like kind of what I teach is that you asked for the business, right? You told him what needed to happen. You gave him um, a a proposal on what you wanted him to do sign this piece of paper it's going to transfer the policies over to us we're gonna work on the renewal with those and then we're gonna see what else we can get you know from the other carriers that are out there it's it's amazing what we get when we ask for the business so I appreciate that you know Mun. Um, you know and by the way I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. thanks for that you know uh, is there anything else you want to share with uh, the loyal listeners of permission nation before um, you know we start to close down this episode
1: no, just you know, ch- change the way you think. You know, um, go go after it, and and um, you are your worst enemy. You don't think you can. You know, the, the old saying of whether you're right or you're right or you're wrong, or you can or you can't, you're right, and nice. it's so true. It's it's really up up here. This is your worst enemy. They'll hold you back. You're you can only hold yourself back. So don't let that happen because it, it did for me for a while, and after that. Uh, I don't, like you said, $50,000, I'll land that and I'll go for a $100,000 revenue account because I'm, again, there's no fear in it. Right.
0: Awesome. Well, you heard it from him, ladies and gentlemen, that the only thing that's going to be holding you back is you. It is your limited thinking. The limiting beliefs that you have placed upon yourself are what are going to hold you back. And if there's one thing I say often, it's that you need to think bigger. You need to think beyond what you feel comfortable with at this moment. There literally is no reason why you can't do considerably more and write bigger accounts and be more micro niche and have a perfect timeline of services that would make your prospects salivate. Um, it's just a matter of actually doing the work. And so, what Mon did is he took basically you know the things that he was learning that I was teaching that we were going over and he started to do the work he contacted the underwriters he found out what they were writing now he was figuring out his micro niche he's put together a timeline on a service on the fly and he did it in such a way that it made the insured comfortable he followed through with the dates on what he put on that timeline on services you just you follow some of these basic things that we talk about and you're gonna have some very very significant success going forward and so you know if you're looking for any kind of training or anything like that you know I would encourage anybody listening you know take a look at my group coaching mastermind where I teach a lot of this information you get access to all the digital courses that are in there but we go through things like the time amount of services and how to think bigger and how to actually figure out your micro niche but it's there it's available uh, but really what you need to do is do in essence what Mon did take a look at what you're doing and ask yourself am I getting results that I want from the way that I'm doing it now if not What can I change in order to get the results that I want? He was getting some success writing small accounts. But when he took a step back and looked at how much he's actually making off of these accounts, he began to realize that that is not a sustainable game plan going forward that he wanted to think bigger. He wanted to write bigger accounts, and so he made a willful decision to start prospecting bigger accounts. Lo and behold, he's now writing significantly bigger accounts going forward. What had to happen? He had to stop, he had to look, he had to consider, then he reconsidered, and once he reconsidered, reconsidered, what he did was something that many insurance agents don't do. What he did was implement. He actually did the work. And so I really appreciate you, Man, coming on and just kind of giving us some information about you and your agency and what you've kind of been implementing and even giving us a little bit of glimpse on some of the successes you've had. So I appreciate you and appreciate you all you're doing, man.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Everybody at Permission Nation, you guys have a wonderful day. Happy prospecting. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.
2: search it and look at it that's what we do we deliver high quality ve's we mix the technology with it we train them on the technology give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races i'm not joking with you You can call my agency at any time ask for lordland and we do ask her say how fast are you able to do quotes i've actually got a couple videos of it that's right we can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes so you give me an auto quote